My entitled parents and my spoiled, rotten brother got thrown out of a child's birthday party because they asked the stupidest thing imaginable. My little brother is spoiled rotten, and he does not handle going to other birthday parties that are not about him. And while myself, as well as my family, have put up with this kind of behavior, it does not go well for people outside the family. This happened when my brother was six or seven years old. A neighborhood boy down the street was having a birthday party, and my brother got invited because they are sort of friends. But if I'm being completely honest, He probably only got invited because they knew my parents would bring a gift. And they did. I don't remember what it was, though, nor do I really care. My parents dragged me along to this party, even though I would have rather stay home and played video games instead. I was bored and sitting down almost the entire time, so I got to witness an absolute train wreck of a situation. It started when my brother was caught picking up gifts off the table and shaking them. The mother of the birthday boy told him to stop, and my parents tried to defend my brother and say he was harmless. But this particular lady knew exactly exactly what my brother really was like and she had my parents move him away from the presence. Off to the side there were some kids trying to play some games but my brother interfered with just about every game trying to make himself the center of attention. With each game they chose to play the birthday boy got to pick first because it was his birthday and because of that my brother freaked out because he didn't get to go first and my parents even asked the birthday boy's mother if my spoiled rotten brother could have the first picks on some of the games they were playing. The lady not not only refused, but told my parents to get my brother under control or we'd be asked to leave. And it was at that point that the cake came out. The mother lit the candles for the birthday boy and the adults started singing the happy birthday song. They only got as far as singing the birthday boy's name in the song before my brother burst into a tantrum at the table. He grabbed the side of the table and started trying to violently shake it. My parents had to hold my brother back for a moment. And then I saw my mom go up and talk to the mother of the birthday boy again about something regarding her son. And the poor lady looked positively disgusted. And I would later learn that my mother asked this lady to let my spoiled younger brother blow out the candles first and then they could just redo it. The lady told my mother that it would be best if we left and then they went back to trying to redo the birthday song. Well, my brother couldn't take it and ran to the table and shoved the whole cake right at the birthday boy. I mean, he used his arm to literally clothesline the cake and heave it right into that poor kid's face. The whole room was silent for a few seconds, and then a bunch of the kids started laughing. Then the birthday boy started crying, and the adults were just mortified, except for my parents. My mother just started hugging my brother tightly and acting like a Karen by saying this could have been prevented if they just let my brother blow out the candles first. The mother of the birthday boy was cleaning up chocolate cake off of her son and screamed at my parents to get out. The other kids there started crying too because it finally hit them that they were not getting any cake. My mother started dragging my brother out, but he broke free from her and then pushed over the table with all the presents on it. I grabbed him and held him in a headlock till my parents grabbed him and were able to get him under control. I apologized profusely to the mother of the birthday boy and said I wasn't on my parents' side in this matter. And at the time, I was 12 years old and I simply could not believe that I was apologizing on behalf of my parents. My dad yelled to me to get moving or I could walk home. And so I said I would just walk home. It was literally a quarter mile down the street. I stayed and helped clean up the mess my brother made. The lady thanked me and said that I was a good egg, but my brother was just rotten. Someone went out and got another cake while the birthday boy had to take a shower because he was absolutely covered in cake. All of the mess was cleaned up and they redid the birthday song. After the party was over, the mother of the birthday boy wrote something out on a piece of paper. It was a handwritten invoice to my parents for the destroyed cake, along with a written threat to call 
call the police as someone there with a camera caught everything. I handed the invoice to my parents and they really didn't look happy when they read it. They then gave me the cash and told me to take it back to the lady. So I did. And that was pretty much it. Neither that kid or his family ever associated with my brother or my parents ever again. Fun fact about this story, this comes from the same original poster who previously in another video talked about his spoiled rotten brother who never allowed him to have any birthday parties of his own. So this kind of behavior based on that previous video absolutely makes sense. How on earth could anybody raise a monster like that? This kid is still young. You can still correct this behavior. This kid is only six or seven years old. How do you allow it to get that bad that quickly? I really feel bad for the birthday boy that got absolutely smothered in cake. And I'm actually really proud that the mom stepped up and told those people to get lost. Because this birthday was not about that spoiled rotten kid, but rather about her own son. And I cannot believe that this mom of this spoiled rotten kid actually went up to this lady and asked if her spoiled son could blow out the candles first on this kid's birthday. That is absolute madness to me. So the lesson to be learned here is the fact that you should not let your kids dictate what you can and can't do as a parent. Otherwise, you're going to raise some spoiled brat who's going to throw cake in the birthday boy's face and start destroying things all because he's not getting his way. Am I the jerk for grabbing one too many rolls of toilet paper? I recently bought the family a whole pack of toilet paper, which was 30 to 40 rolls because my dad forgot his wallet at the store, so I just paid for it. My dad says he'll pay me back the $25 eventually, which I doubt, but regardless, it's for family. So I know that most likely I probably won't see that money again. Our family is made up of about eight people, my parents, my siblings, my mom's parents, and we have three bathrooms in total, with my parents having a private bathroom and my grandparents with their own, and me and my three siblings sharing one bathroom. This morning, I grabbed a roll of toilet paper from my mom's closet, and she started berating me on why I'm grabbing another roll since we just grabbed one yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was two days ago for the record. And she says that one roll is supposed to last one week for me and my three siblings. I told her, okay, what do you want me to do then? And instead of answering me, she kept screaming at me about how and why I need another roll. So I responded and said, well, I paid for all this, so why not just pay me back then? I meant this as a rhetorical question so she can understand that if someone is wasting money, it's me and not her. But instead, she started screaming at me until my dad came in. She then started crying and telling my dad that this whole week I was charging her for the toilet paper rolls. Just a note, no, I did not charge her or even ask her for the money because topics like this always upset her to the point where she stops talking to me. This was the first time I ever even mentioned money, but I wasn't being serious. I was being sarcastic and my dad knew it too and told her just to calm down. Now she's going to threaten me and give me the silent treatment this week and apologizing won't help because the last time I tried apologizing, she yelled at me and told me to not speak to her. So help me out. Am I the jerk in this situation? You are not the jerk in this situation. Your mom sounds absolutely unhinged. Like she's freaking out over toilet paper that you bought. It's pretty obvious to me that she has some other issues going on so I wouldn't really worry about it too much. Like I'm willing to assume that you love your mom but if this is how she acts at any any moment of confrontation, then honestly, getting the silent treatment might be your best option. Am I the jerk for lighting my parents' bathtub on fire? When I was an 11th grade high school student, I hated shopping for deodorants as I would have to go to a different store than where I got my weekly groceries because that one didn't have the kind that I liked. So I always bought a few of these deodorant spray cans all at once, thus having supplies for about three to four months before having to go buy new ones. At that time, I discovered a new kind of deodorant that 
that smelled way better. And so I started buying that stuff, but I still had two full cans of the old stuff that I used to use just laying around. I thought of ways to get rid of them, but it is explicitly written on the back that you only dispose once it's completely empty. I didn't want to just spray it out into nature as I was assuming it would be bad for the environment. So I grab an old towel, open the big bathroom windows, sit down in front of the bathtub, and start spraying the deodorant from those cans into it, trying to catch as much of it into the fabric as possible. After a few minutes, I'm done and I stand up. The room smells strongly like the deodorant, but it wasn't too bad as the towel did exactly what I hoped for, catching the brunt of the spray. That's when a thought pops into my mind. On the cans, they write that the stuff is flammable. Maybe I should test if I could light a short flame above the tub, like how they did with a small amount of hydrogen after splitting water in our chemistry classes. I got curious and I grabbed a lighter from my room that I sometimes play with when I'm bored. I didn't expect much to happen. After all, most of the deodorant was going in the towel and the rest probably vented out the window already, right? I flip the lighter as I stand in front of the bathtub and a huge flame shoots up against the wall and the ceiling and the room suddenly gets very hot and my first reaction is to flee into the hallway and rip the door shut behind me. I stand there for a half a second realizing what just happened and started panicking. Then I rush to grab a bucket, I filled it up with a bit of water in the kitchen and I run back to the bathroom. The fire is still burning but as most of the gas burned away in a few seconds, the fire died down quite a bit. I throw the water into the bathtub, grab the water hose from the shower cabin next to it, and start showering the entire bathtub with water. I fully extinguish the fire, and with my nerves blank, I call my mother on the phone, as they are thankfully not at home when this happened. Now, it's important to know that we had drywalls, as we lived in a renovated attic of a multifamily house. With that in consideration, I was really lucky that they did not catch fire, and that all you could really see were some black marks on the wall. I burned the towel on the bathtub, the edge of the cabinet next to the bathtub, as well as various items on top of it, like toothbrushes and another towel. Fortunately, I had already taken out the empty cans with me when I left to grab the lighter. Otherwise, things probably would have been a lot worse. I also burned a bit of my hair, my eyebrows, my arm hair, as well as the bathrobe that I was wearing. Because of this incident, I switched to roll-on deodorant, not just because I made a fireball in the bathroom, but also because it's better for my skin. So now I'm stuck with three and a half cans of old deodorant, as well as an almost six-pack of newer cans. Just sitting around my apartment. Either they're going to take me out at one point or I stick with them for the rest of my life. I didn't tell my family or friends what happened back then. Even now, only one or two of my sisters and a couple of very close friends actually know about what happened. The rest of my family, especially my mother and my stepfather, never knew the full story. I made up some ridiculous lie saying that the sun had self-ignited it somehow and that basically all they needed to know was that I was trying to get rid of the cans of deodorant and I sprayed just a little bit too much in the bathroom thus causing the accident. I just conveniently left out the part where I brought in a lighter to the equation. The only person to actually get to know the entire story was my therapist, which I consulted at the time, who thankfully had a good sense of humor about it and we both had a good laugh. Had I told anyone else what actually happened back then, they might have sent me to a clinic, assuming I was actively trying to burn my house down or try and hurt somebody. Thankfully though, I've moved past that situation and will never let something like that ever happen again. That's a crazy story because I've been in that
that situation. I think anybody who's been in a high school locker room knows that axe plus a lighter equals a flamethrower. Only this guy decided to just make a fireball like he's playing Dungeons and Dragons. Really scary stuff. I'm glad he didn't burn his house down and he came out of the situation still having a place to live and a roof over his head. Which, with all things considered, is a pretty good exchange if you ask me. My girlfriend wants literally every second of my time and I don't know what to do about it. My girlfriend always tells me that she wants to cuddle and seems to always feel like we never spend enough time together. But this just simply is not true. For example, if I ever need to try and get up and go study or draw or something, I will get a passive-aggressive response like, okay, whatever. Today, it escalated into me getting yelled at when I told her I wanted to go finish scraping wallpaper while she slept, and she ended up telling me she wants to break up with me. Also, it literally feels like sometimes she will find the smallest thing to be upset about, whether it was a joke I made or something I said or did five years ago, and this is also something that I've apologized for, mind you, and while I get that it doesn't make a difference, I don't hold her to the same kind of standard. The relationship I am in feels like borderline abusive, and I feel like I'm an emotional punching bag. I feel like I've lost so much time and feel I have no time to improve my skills or learn anything new. She just wants to sit on the couch all day and sleep, and I begrudgingly sit there for her 16 hours a day while she sleeps, being extra careful not to wake her up, as that would result in being called different names for trying to get up and go do something, or if I get up, she'll just straight up yell at me. Day in and day out, it feels like her emotional needs are never ending and I have nothing left to give. It feels like I am constantly trying to save a sinking boat with a five-gallon bucket and making the bucket bigger hasn't helped, all while enduring endless verbal abuse, being told I am incompetent, being called stupid, told that I act like a child, told that I'm a piece of garbage, told that I never do anything to help her. I normally am pretty strong emotionally and I don't get worn down easily, but I feel like in the past few months, months, I am nearing a breaking point. I am nearing a point in which I just want to walk away from this relationship, but I haven't committed to dealing with all of the fallout and the messy breakup that will come along later. What should I do? It sounds like you really want to break up with this person, so I'm really not sure what you're waiting for. If all the things that they're doing is true, and they really are treating you like garbage, they're like not allowing you to live your own life, and they're being really abusive, then yeah, I think it might be best for you to go ahead and leave this relationship. And yeah, of course, there's going to be fallout and it's probably going to be messy, but you are genuinely going to be so much better without this type of treatment. And it's so weird that you're sitting there with your girlfriend and the fact that you get up to try and do anything, she'll freak out and start name calling you. Like how weird is that? Who just wants to sit around for 16 hours a day and do nothing? People have lives to live. They've got stuff they need to do. It's unacceptable for her to expect you to just sit there with her. Having time with your significant other to cuddle or just to be close to each other is really important, but I can totally see where you're coming from when it starts to feel like a chore and it starts to feel like an obligation where if you don't do this she's going to freak out. So yeah, if I was in your shoes, I would have broken up with this lady about a year ago because there's no good excuse for you to be treated this way. Today I messed up by liking mangoes just a little too much. Let me just start off by saying that this is the culmination of years of stupidity, but the full impact of it only hit me this morning as I stood in the kitchen scrubbing my hands and face like my life depended on it after eating just one mango. I live in the United States and up until 5 years ago, I had never really cared for mangoes. The big green and red ones you get at the grocery store, they just didn't quite cut it for me. I would grudgingly tolerate them in a fruit salad or whatever, but I never sought them out or ordered any food or drink that was mango flavored. Then one day in May of 2017, I heard about this variety of mango that was only really available in the late spring and early summer, and apparently this special type of mango was delicious. I had my doubts.
accounts, but I found out that a local vendor was selling them. So off I went and bought a couple of these little golden hook-shaped fruits just to see what the fuss is about. And my God, it was like drinking the nectar of the gods. I had never tasted a fruit so sublime in my life. I went to the store and bought six more and ate all of them over the next two days. I was even standing over my sink with the juices running down my elbows like a barbarian, just chewing away. The next year when May rolled around, I bought seven more of these special mangoes. The year after that, I bought nine. Every time I ate all of them within 72 hours. And every time it was a mango celebration. I would slice the mango halves off of the center pit, gnaw them right out of the skin, and then gnaw my way around the pit, scraping it with my teeth just to get it all. My face, hands, and shirt would be sticky with mango juice, and there was nothing better in the world. Because of this, I started looking forward to spring like a ritual. I'd never loved or craved a fruit this much in my life. I was addicted. The third year, though, something a little weird happened. The day after eating the mangoes, the corners of my mouth were red, cracked, and painful. I freaked myself out, wondering if I had a fungal infection or something like that before remembering that I had just eaten nine mangoes. Probably that much fruit juice had irritated my mouth a bit or something, so I just shrugged it off. So last year, I bought four mangoes. I was going to take it a little more easy this time around, I thought. I ate three of them. The fourth one wasn't quite ripe yet, and when I woke up the next morning, the entire surface of my lips were covered in tiny, fluid-filled blisters that burst with the slightest bit of lip movement and itched like the devil himself had sent an army of mosquitoes to kiss me directly on the mouth in my sleep. I was in agony. I could barely sleep the rest of that week. The blisters itched so bad that I wanted to tear my lips off with my fingernails. They left a sticky, crusty liquid behind when they inevitably burst, and new ones kept forming where the old ones had been. I tried chapstick, Vaseline, even hydrocortisone directly on the lips in an act of desperation. Finally, I resorted to Benadryl, just so I could knock myself out long enough to get a few hours of sleep. It had to have been the mangoes. I got on the internet and learned, to my horror, that mango skins and pits have the same oil, and this oil makes poison ivy do its terrible, terrible thing. And my dad's side of the family has always had bad reactions to poison ivy. I'd never encountered poison ivy myself, but I'd been encountering the skin and peel of mangoes, enthusiastically, mind you, with my lips for the past four years. I had been slowly sensitizing myself to this oil every year, and now it had come back to bite me in the butt. My theory was corroborated later that summer when I went for a walk in some overgrown woods, and the next day I had a blistering, painful, itching, oozing rash the size of a half dollar coin on my ankle that took two weeks to go away. But the mangoes were so good. How could I possibly give up the mangoes? How could I have discovered something so perfect, so beautiful, only to have it cruelly snatched away from me after only four years? How could I spend the rest of my life mourning what I had known and loved so briefly and then lost? So I devised a plan. This year, I would buy one mango, just one. I would carefully cut the flesh away from the skin and the peel, slice it into tiny cubes, then use a fork to eat the cubes one at a time, never letting them touch my lips. And that's what I did. And it tasted as good as I remembered. But the delight was tempered by the extreme caution I was taking to not let even one drop of mango juice come into contact with the outside of my mouth. Afterwards, I scrubbed my hands like I was in surgery. Then I carefully washed my face twice. I could only wait and hope that over the next 24 hours, I wouldn't discover that I had once again condemned myself to a week of sleepless misery despite my extreme measures. It was then that it hit me. This was what the rest of my life was going to be like if I wanted to eat these mangoes. I was going to have to do this every day.
every time for every mango. And I was going to do it while remembering the utter unrestrained joy of eating nine mangoes at once with juice running down my chin without a care in the world. I can officially say I've created my own personal hell. My man really loves his mangoes. I think he really needs to go to a doctor if I'm completely honest. As absolutely hilarious as this story is, he probably has an allergy related to mangoes that he just doesn't want to check out. I mean, I don't think I've loved anything more than this guy loves mangoes. I'm pretty sure that if he had one hand on a bag of mangoes and his other hand holding up his wife over a cliff, he would probably pick the mangoes. But if there's one thing that I've learned from this story, it's that you should find something that you love and then hold on to it for dear life. Because life's too short to cry over spilled mangoes. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.